All right, let's do this. Um, I want to speak on Psalm 61 this morning, obviously with Adam kind of coming down with COVID last night. Uh, yeah, you kind of, you kind of, I don't want to say scramble a little bit, but for sure you, you kind of got to, kind of got to figure some things out. So yeah, Psalm 61, one through four, if you, if you got a Bible or a phone or whatnot, there's this interesting word that kind of pops up in the Psalms and I'm sure you guys have seen it. And, and I think most folks here are, are pretty familiar with the scriptures and, and kind of have some familiarity. And so this word, Selah. Um, which means, where'd Daniel go? He's the scholar, man. Did he sneak out? Oh, you got the backup? Are you in seminary too? I am. Yeah. Nobody really knows what it means. It's kind of like a pause. Right. Yeah, silence. Yeah, so it's a pause. It's a silence. It's a little bit of a break. It's a maybe stop and consider. Um, maybe just kind of too. And, and you, you, if you read, you know, the Psalms, you, you see this word again and again and again, um, which just kind of means to stop, to pause, to consider. Um, although there is probably from my seminary brothers over there, I'm intimidated right now because I did not go to seminary. So um, if you guys, if you guys just, uh, if you catch me, just give me one of these. And then if, you, if I see this, then I'll be like, okay, let's, let's have the commentary on the commentary. So we'll, we'll go that route. <laughs> Actually, technically. <laughs> yeah, let's think about, in, in this Psalm 61, let's think about relationships. I'll take you back to June 2003, which, um, you know, if you go back to June 2003, um, I think that was LeBron's first year in the league. Is that right? He's been in the league 19 years, 20 years. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean was a big movie, although that's taken a whole other spin kind of in light of what's happened. Harry Potter number five just came out. I should have put pictures up. These are all great things. And this is like 2003. Um, the do not call registry for your cell phones just kind of started. So this is, this is like, you know, again, back in the day. But the most important thing that happened in 2003 in this, in this month of June was that this fine lady who's about to have baby number four, and yeah, that's kind of a dark picture of me, but there, there I am with my nephew, um, who was maybe a, a year old. Um, that was kind of when my wife and I had first met, and there was some proximity between my wife and I. Um, we went to the same church, that's where we, we met, and even though we were in the same building, oftentimes, I was just unaware necessarily of, of who she was, of her. I had met her sister on a, on a, on a, youth, tri- a youth group trip to Supai. Who's, who's gone down to Supai? Yeah, a couple of Supai folks. Um, and so her sister was a, a high school girl, and I had gotten to know her over the, the months. But then um, it was kind of her Robin that, that obviously I got to know um, and fall in love with. In August, we, our church would do beach days. Do, does Faith Worship do beach days? Kind of do like a big beach day. Beach. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. The church seaside that I came came from, they would do like a really consistent San Clemente beach day. Like every Tuesday, you'd go down to San Clemente, and it was like just full on beach day all day long. Like the earlier you got there and the later you stayed there, was like. I mean, there was that, but there was also, like, that showed your real dedication to the beach day. So you would leave your house at, like, 6 in the morning. Like, no joke, you'd leave your house at 6 in the morning, and you wouldn't leave until until the sun went down, which is, like, 8, 8.30. It was, 
So we actually sat next to each other on that one of those beach days. And then obviously the relationship kind of progresses. Um, there's the dating, there's the wedding, there's the kids, there's the intimacy. But, you know, from, from those, those years, some, say from June 2003 to June 2022, which is it's a long time, 19 years, we're going to come up on our, our – we got married in 05, so um, we're, we're, we're coming up on, on the big 20-year. But, I mean, the dynamic that's real simple, and, and we know this with kids, we know this with coworkers, we know this with everything – is that relationships, typically, not all, but they move from distance, right? The relationships that we care about, that we love, that we're really invested in, from distance towards intimacy. From distance towards intimacy. And we'll see if we can observe this dynamic in Psalm 61. So, and we're only going to do four verses. Yeah, why don't we just read the whole thing? I mean, I, I think I'm only going to focus on the first couple verses, but yeah, there's there's no it's only it's only eight verses, so we're not really extending ourselves <laughs> tremendously to read the whole thing. We'll focus on the first four. We'll read the whole thing. We read in the round, so I'll read a verse, and then someone else read a verse, and then someone else read a verse. So, um, hear my cry, O God, and listen to my prayer. Yeah, thank you guys. Hopefully there was a, even just something in, in just that reading that, that stood out to you or that will help sustain you. I have a little bit of commentary on this that I'd, I'd like to share. Um, again, this kind of idea of, of pursuing, of, of pursuing um, the Lord, this, this kind of concept of prayer, and then this prize that, I don't know, us pastors, we get stuck with these dumb, like, let's just do all P letters or you know, we'll make it spell something, or, you know, Adam would call it a mnemonic device, something to, to kind of help your memory, to trigger your memory, but pursuit, prayer, and prize, and I think, like, the big thought, you know, this morning would be just this, this concept, and again, you know, as I've thought about my relationship with my wife, you think about your relationship with your spouse, or significant other, loved one, children, this kind of idea, idea of just pursuing this intimacy with the Lord, right, this idea of pursuing intimacy with the Lord, I was even thinking about this in a different way this morning. What's even more probably profound for us to think about is how the Lord pursues intimacy with us, right? How God is chasing us. And so I don't want this to sound like too self-helpy where you just have to go out and do all these certain things. You know, maybe for you it's good enough. You kind of come in a little beaten beaten up, a little frustrated, a little bit um, just kind of feeling like you, you just have the leftovers, 
Um, and maybe you just need to hear that the Lord is continuing to pursue intimacy with you, right? So we see in this psalm, David is pursuing the Lord and how he's pursuing the Lord. He's pursuing that intimacy with the Lord. But, you know, it, when I, obviously when I began dating my wife, I wasn't the only one on the pursuit. She was also pursuing me, right? She wasn't the only one pursuing me. I was also pursuing her. So just kind of know that as we talk about pursuing intimacy with God, again, probably the more profound truth really, we could do a whole other sermon on this, is how the Lord pursues intimacy with us. But we'll focus on, on this end um, this morning. So David begins this psalm with, hear my cry, oh God, listen to my prayer. And then he says, from the ends of the earth, I call to you, right? Now, flatlanders everywhere rejoice. Look at this. From the ends of the earth. Look, there's the ends of the earth. Um, the common assumption in the ancient Near East, I'm looking to, towards you boys. So, again, this is, the, this is the sign right here, right? The common assumption in the ancient Near East was that the gods were territorial, right? The, the gods had a certain geographic location in which they lived, um, so the God of Israel would have resided where? In Israel, right? The God of Israel wasn't necessarily, they wouldn't have had a concept that the God of Israel would have necessarily been present in Babylon or Egypt or Assyria. They had this idea that their God was territorial within the, the, within the, the borders of those 12 tribes, right? So when David begins by calling to God from the ends of the earth, right? He is calling on Yahweh. There is a bit of spiritual exile that's happening here. Um, he's in the promised land, right? David is writing this psalm from within Jerusalem, the holy of holies, the most intimate place of where God, of course God is in there, but he's saying, God, there's, there's some sort of exile into my heart. I feel like I'm at the ends of the earth. And I'm, I'm calling you. It's, a, it's almost a bit of a, a Hail Mary that, that God is saying this. Maybe we could say, like, God, I don't even know if you're listening to me, right? If you can hear me, if you're out there. But I'm calling your name, uh, even in his distant, overwhelmed, faint-hearted condition. Here's a question. Are we going to have competition between these two kids for a little squawkers this morning? Because, Max, right now, you're not doing your job, brother. You've got to have to step up. Oh, he, he already just kind of, is that where you snuck out to go, Chia? <laughs> and, by the way, this is, your church is the same as our church where kid interruptions are just part of the game, right? We're just all, like, and so. And I even interrupted myself because I get distracted by the kids, and I think about how wonderful kids are. So, back to this. That's like a commercial break. Back to the sermon. <laughs> So he's, he's calling out again from the ends of the earth. He's overwhelmed. He's faint-hearted. Um, you know, I, I found this image of the prodigal son too, which it's real simple and it's real kind of sparse in its imagery. But, you know, when the prodigal son is in that distant land, it's a place where God is not. Or, or that that's what would be their understanding, that God is not. So he's wanting to return to his father's, um, his father's house, right? His, his heart is longing for the, for the Father. And David's condition in this psalm, as we kind of, you know, hear my cry, O Lord, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I call as my heart grows faint. 
lead me, right? So he's, he's overwhelmed. You feel the sense of overwhelmed. He's faint. He's depressed. He's isolated. There's some sort of spiritual exile that he's um, experiencing at the moment. And maybe you feel this at this morning, right? This is David's condition in Psalm 61. Maybe you feel this this morning or you felt this recently. Or at some point you will feel overwhelmed, right? I know for a lot of folks, my wife and I were talking about this. It's just like, man, end of the school year is just a tornado of, I don't know, it just seems really busy and, you know, and you feel faint. Um, you can have that kind of moment, those moments of depression. Um, you can feel isolated where you just are, are kind of alone. So that's David's condition, right? And he, he's, again, he's, he's distant from God. He's far from God. And then he moves, right? He moves a bit closer to the Lord. Notice how he moves a little bit closer to the Lord. Because then he asks, he says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Now, I hope this picture comes out good because this is just such a beautiful picture. And it's, yeah. Um, isn't this, this is a great picture. And I want to say this is, um, yeah, Scandinavia. I, I had the location, but I've, I've forgetting you can barely see if you have really good eyes you can see this person standing here right on the edge of the rock now me sometimes i'll stare at these pictures just for a couple minutes just because of their majesty and part of my heart is jealous that i'm not there and then the other part of my heart is just praising the lord for his beauty and his creation and his splendor um i just loved this image it's this overhanging rock right and david is is praying right is praying to be led to this rock. Maybe we could say it like that, that his imagination sees towering above him a great cliff or a mountain. If he could get up there, if he could get up to the top of the mountain or the top of the cliff or the rock, he could find safety and protection, but he doesn't have any idea how to get there, right? That's why he's calling out for God to lead him and help plant his foot on that rock, right? So he's distant from the ends of the earth. He moves a little bit closer as he says, God, lead me to this rock. Plant my foot on this rock. Give me the guidance, the perspective, right? So in this area, maybe, again, that kind of David's your condition. David might be experiencing a lostness, right? He, he's... He, he, needs a, he has a longing for guidance, for perspective, for direction. So you're kind of seeing how he's having these different experiences as he's praying, as he's in this prayer to God. So he moves from, say, the ends of the earth to the rock, right? And then verse, verse 3 says, uh, For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. So now he moves into a strong tower, right? Notice again, this, this kind of, for me, this progression of intimacy. Ends of the earth, rock, now he's inside a tower, right? He's inside a tower. He's moving closer and closer and closer. Here's a picture of my daughter. Gosh, when was this? 16, 17? She would have been like five or six years old? Yeah, this is my daughter. This is what we, we went to visit my uncle in Germany, and you guys know if you've been to Europe, you're going to know in a little bit, uh, Ian. They just have all these great castles, and this was a castle that was, you know, in my, in my uncle's town, and you got to actually kind of climb that, you know, it's pretty classic spiral staircase up to the top, and 
you could look out of that tower, you know, from the top and you could see. So David is now in this, this tower, right? So he says, you have been my refuge, a strong tower against a foe. So here, again, when we think about his needs, your needs, maybe you resonate with one of these words. He's looking for safety. Now, some of the things we prayed for this morning. Protection. Shelter. Right? Again, I, I just said, like, the end of the school year feels like a kind of a tornado of, of activities, and sometimes you're just, like, your head's spinning a little bit. God, could you bring me into, into your shelter? Could I live in your tower? Right? I need that for you, from you. So, ends of the earth, rock, tower. The next one is what? Someone read uh, verse 4. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Yeah, so there's two steps in here that we see, right? So, he talks about a tent, and, and that tent could kind of be like a, like a Bedouin um, you know, just a Bedouin tent, which in which you're, if you're traveling throughout the desert, right? By the way, guys, any? Are we doing all right this, this morning? So far, so good? Do you have to check in with them during the sermon, or are you just like... Oh, they just blurted it out. Okay, then you guys don't... My dad's, my dad, I mean, you guys, my dad's a pastor, and he's been having my girls memorize, or learn the name, the longest name in the Bible. Trivia. No, that's probably going to happen next year. It's like 15 letters long, and he just laughs at them, trying to... Pre- no, it's not Nebuchadnezzar. It's like... Somebody look it up and then just blurt it. Huh? No, it's... No, it's, it's like... It's a big one. And you're going to... We'll, we could have some fun a little bit later. Look it up, and then we'll like... He laughs at them just trying to pronounce it, and I laugh at myself trying to pronounce it. I'm telling you, it's like speaking in tongues, the whole word. What's that? Yeah. 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 It's a big one. Um, anyway, so how did I get off that? Uh, we were talking about tents and Bedouins, and we were talking about. Oh, that's what checking in with them. And then you said language pronunciation. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so commercial break number two. So, you the tent was could could you know when David says leave me into your tent it could be you know one of these Bedouin tents where again you're offered hospitality there's all sorts of fascinating you know information about the way that that even to this day if you're traveling through the desert and you come across one of these Bedouins um, just kind of the very cultural norms of being offered hospitality refreshment even honor as you kind of enter into the tent but probably more than likely David's is is speaking about he's speaking about the tabernacle, right? He's speaking about the, the tent, the tent of meeting, this, this kind of mobile, um, this, this mobile temple that traveled with him throughout the wilderness. Lead me into this tent, right? So here David might be looking for presence, connection, worship, experience, Right? Maybe you come this morning and, and that's and that's kind of you looking for presence, connection, worship, experience. And then he takes one further step, and you actually read the whole the whole verse, but it's the second line in that in verse four. 
he leads, he leads like one further step of intimacy. And this is probably to me the most intimate moment where he says this. Does somebody want to read the second half of verse 4 again? Yeah, now take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Now I'm going to show you a little sappy photo here where we have some little chicks kind of in the shelter of your wings. And that's pretty close to just showing a puppy picture or a newborn baby picture. But, you know, here you have these two little chicks in the shelter of your wings. Probably more than likely David's not thinking about this. David is probably, <laughs> he's not like daydreaming about chickens and, you know, little chicks and whatnot. He's, he's probably more thinking um, about, about the wings in the temple. Remember, that's why I think he's talking about the temple or the, the tabernacle here. Because in, in the tabernacle, right, you kind of enter into the tent and you kind of have this, this, so to speak, this first layer where you, where you would enter in um, and you'd have the golden menorah, you would have the washing stations, right? Now again, then even the, the inner, the Holy of Holies, which you're probably familiar with, is, is the Ark of the Covenant, right? on top of the Ark of the Covenant, as we know, are these two cherubim, these two angels, right? Lead me under the shelter of your wings, right? The wings. And, and he's probably, David is probably has this image in mind, right? Maybe we could, um, this is, again, kind of maybe another kind of way to think about this, but into the Holy of Holies, into the Ark of the Covenant, under the wings as David moves more and more, and more intimate. And here, David, man, think about this. David, to go into the Holy of Holies, right? To be under the shelter of those wings, to live under those wings, holiness, intimacy, union, consummation. So Psalm 64, as I, or Psalm 61, as I read it, you know, again, it's, it's this movement of intimacy from the ends of the earth, right? Lead me to a rock. Take me into the tent. Take me into your tent. Or, I'm sorry, into the tower. Take me into your tent. Lead me all the way in to the holy of holies. Lead me all the way in underneath your, your wings. Um, Sounds like he's looking for a little security also. Doesn't he have fear when he's writing this? Security and the refuge of your wings. Yeah. All will be okay. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, obviously he's talking about being pursued by foes. Or he needs a strong tower against his foe. Um, yeah, his heart grows faint. He's, you know, he's thinking of something that's larger than him that kind of gives him perspective. The rock. We've all stood in front of a mountain and felt you know, small and had perspective. Yeah, I'm sure there's fear that comes along with this. Yeah. Well, security. I'm, I'm looking for security and the refuge of the Lord all the time. Well, not as often as I need to. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. That's a good word. Is that calmness? Security? You, are you secure in your Yeah, and, you know, maybe kind of tying that with that intimacy, you know, as I, you know, this kind of 
this kind of general thought of when you start off in a relationship, a lot of insecurity. When I started off with my wife, a lot of insecurity. So does she like me? Did I say the wrong thing? Did I do something awkward? Did you know? Is she going to break up with me? Is, you know? And you kind of live in that tension as you per, pursue, as you progress in that relationship. The security, right, kind of establishes, deepens, grows. The roots grow, grow deeper. Um, now, if if I were to burp at the wrong moment. I'm not concerned that the divorce papers are coming. You know what I mean? If you're like you're early on in that relationship and you're just, you know, hey, let's go have coffee at Starbucks. And then all of a sudden you're sitting at Starbucks and let off big burp and she might be like, oh, dude, this guy is like no good, you know. But yeah, I think that that security comes as we pursue that intimacy with God, as God pursues that intimacy with us. So yeah, that's a good, that's a good, I don't know if I had that word in there, but um, yeah, that, this, this whole first kind of movement of the psalm, this kind of pursuit of intimacy with God is, is really what I, I wanted us to think about. Um, two other things that I want to just kind of, I just kind of want to touch on, and that's prayer. Um, David starts off in verse one, hear my cry, O God, listen to my plea, listen to my prayer, right? And then he talks about from the, from you, for you have heard my vows, right? He, you've heard my prayers. Now, at the beginning, God, David's crying out for God to hear him. And this is often where our prayers stop, right? It's just a, our, our laundry list of God. This is what we need you to do, God. Um, plea, uh, petition, we're desperate. Listen, are you paying attention to me? But at the end of this journey of intimacy with, with God, right? At the end of this journey, um, he says that God has heard him, right? Has heard him. And I don't think that prayer is always, so to speak, a, a simple kind of linear progression or formula in which, you know, as you get more closer with or intimate with God, you get more stuff that you want. But I think that prayer, as we understand prayer, and as we really kind of get to the heart of prayer, it's always just aligning our heart with God's heart, right? It's just that continual communication aligning our heart with God's heart. One of my favorite quotes on prayer comes from a guy named N.T. Wright. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. N.T. Wright says this. He says that prayer remains mysterious at one level because nobody quite knows, knows how it works. And this not knowing, I like this, seems to be part of the point. And then he says, but it remains a deeply practical thing to do. One of the great Christian leaders of the 20th century, Archbishop William Temple, declared that whatever else one might say about whether prayer worked or not, listen to this, he had noticed that when he prayed, coincidences happened. And when he stopped praying, the coincidences stopped happening. That reminds me of the great golfer who, when somebody accused him of being lucky, he agreed but he commented that he noticed that the more he practiced, the luckier he got, right? And there's so many great little things to think about prayer in this. Really, this, this kind of first portion where we don't necessarily know how prayer works, and I think that that's part of the point. Because if we could just say, well, this is how prayer works, and this is what we're going to do, I think that we would begin to trust our formulation of prayer and not trust the one who's behind the prayers, right? And so... David begins with just kind of some simple petitions, some simple pleas, but then he gets to the point where he's 
God, you're hearing me. You're listening to me. You're receiving what I have to say. Um, I think I got one last comment, which is, um, which is this, this prize, this heritage, this kind of last little bit. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, that, that last, you were probably looking at your Bible like, no, that's not the right reference. It's verse 5a. <laughs> um, this this kind of last part of verse 5. He says, you know, or this first part of 5, you've heard my vows, and then you've given me the heritage of those who fear your name, right? The heritage, being welcomed into God's family. This inheritance, this treasure, this you have given me the legacy, right, of those who fear your name. And this is, this is again, as we pursue, as we pursue, as we're more and more intimate, as we're more and more intimate, this legacy that we receive from God of those who fear your name, who trust in you, who believe in you, who, who come to you with a humble heart and say, God, let me be closer and closer and closer. Uh, you know, a lot of times we, we probably... Hmm, We get a little lazy, don't we? We get a little complacent with, with our pursuit of intimacy with God. We get a little distracted. We get a little apathetic. And we forget, we forget what's available to us as we pursue that intimacy with God. That legacy, that inheritance, that treasure, right? And so again, you know, kind of this overarching theme this morning to just to challenge us to think about the ways that we're pursuing the Lord, the ways that we're pursuing that intimacy, the ways that we're chasing down, um, chasing down the Lord. We'll do a, a little bit of discussion, and, and let me throw the questions up, and then we'll 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 pray over this time. Uh, we kind of do the praise and the problems and the pushback, the things you agreed with. Um, the, the further questioning you had and the things maybe you didn't agree with, which stage do you identify with and why? Right? Ends of the earth, the rock, the tower, the tent, the wing. Is there a way in which you pursue intimacy with God that has been helpful for you in your life? Um, where have you noticed coincidences happening in your prayer life? So let me say a word of prayer and then we'll do some time for discussion. Yeah, and again, I think, um, Danny, I think you were praying this morning, you know, God, why we're here is because, and I could be wrong, maybe it was you, Brad, too, but you guys are close enough to where it's one of you. We're here because we want to be more intimate with you. We, we want to pursue you. We want to chase you. We want to follow you. There's a lot of things that, you know, we could follow, that we could chase, that we could pursue. Man, it's so easy to see how, how, how dead of an end those things are. A career, money, status, security, identity in some sort of um, group, political party, 
dead ends. The only thing that brings us life, that brings us treasure, that brings us heritage, legacy, is as we pursue intimacy with you. Lord, wherever we are this morning, as we come into this room, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that we would sense, Lord, how much you're pursuing us this morning. We're not here just to kind of self-help our way, you know, some sort of self-help Christianity in which we become moral, morally superior to other people. That's, that's, that's such a joke. We are here because the, the God of the universe is pursuing us and we respond to, to that love with more love. Wes, you were praying that we could overflow with love to those around us. And not just kind of sentimental, gushy, emotionalness. The self-sacrificial love that we see with Jesus on the cross. We pray and ask these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, take it, turn to the folks next to you. Take a few minutes and, and discuss these questions. Uh, and then we'll just do some group discussion. And it sounded like she was upset that the sermon was ending or what was she was just probably upset that I was like, she's like, oh, she should, the preacher should go longer. Oh, she was speaking in tongues. Oh, okay. So that wasn't her being upset. I'm done.